Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, October 26, 2023. Today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter of Vision for You, and we are on page 161, the second paragraph, starting with But the Life Among Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, going through the one paragraph there, ending in How Could They, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you so much to Team Thursday, Nancy R., Katie G., Martha Z., 12 Steps, Paul P., 12 Traditions, Joni C., our newcomer greeter, Reva P., and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Leah S. Yesterday's reference numbers, which was Wednesday, October 25th, 7 a.m., 20,776, that's 20776, 10 a.m., 20,777, that's 20777. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Paul P. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Paul. Paul, press star one on mute, please. Paul, are you there? Amy, this is KDG, if you need me to do that. I I am here. Okay. Okay. We got it. Paul, please Uh, go ahead. These are the steps that we took, which suggests as a program of recovery. Number one, we admit we are powers over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves, than ourselves, could have, could restore us to sanity. 
three made a decision to turn our our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a certain and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, when we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we have harmed and will become willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people where possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to... Oh, I lost it. Improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and in the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the results of these steps, we try to carry this message to practice these principles in all our affairs and thank Thank you, Paul. I will now ask for Joni C. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Joni. Good morning. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, uh, um, recovering. One. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, 
OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Joni. Much appreciated. All righty, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book in the chapter of Vision for You on page 161, the second paragraph, and I will ask Nancy R. to begin reading. Go ahead, Nancy. Grab the mic, girl. Let's go. Good morning, it's Nancy R. from Illinois. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, grateful. But life among Alcoholics Anonymous is more than attending gatherings and visiting hospitals. Cleaning up old scrapes, helping to settle family differences, explaining the disinherited son to his irate parents, lending money and securing jobs for each other when justified. These are everyday occurrences. No one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially, if he means business. Social distinctions, petty rivalries, and jealousies, these are laughed out of countenance. Being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God, with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? Wow. Um, as I was reading this, the being wrecked in the same vessel, um, I was thinking of, um, you know, the analogy somewhere else in this book about, um, you know, being wrecked in a vessel. And then I, my head went to the Titanic, <laughs> um, and, uh, visuals of, of that and, um, you know, the, the fear and the trauma and the, um, death and the near death and the um, water and you know like I can 
relate all those things to how I feel in this in this disease and this eating disorder. You know, like I am fighting for my life. I am drowning, um, and I can't get anywhere unless I grab that um, that life jacket, which is um, and get in that lifeboat, which is my um, spiritual connection, my connection to my higher power. Um, and doing this, um, this work that is also talked about in here, you know, like cleaning up old scrapes, um, you know, doing the work of cleaning up my old scrapes and um, helping others to do the same by um, sponsoring and helping them to clean up their scrapes. Um, So, you know, I guess this gives me a a moment to contemplate on what my everyday occurrences are besides attending gatherings and I don't visit hospitals, but um, reaching out to others. You know, like how am I being there every day for my fellow sufferer, for my fellow um, who is in need of this lifeboat and... um, you know, how it really is just putting things into perspective this morning of the things that matter so much that some people no longer signify much to them. So it's easy for me to um, get into the things that matter so much to me as a person and other people um, and start to look at social distinctions and pedal rivalries and jealousies and Thank goodness I have these steps, and particularly the 10 steps, to just keep coming back and um, cleaning up, cleaning up those uh, those thoughts, and giving that those character defects of jealousies and rivalries and compe- competitiveness and judgmentalness back to my higher power, and be united once again under one higher power. Um, so that's what I have for this morning. Thanks. Thank you so much, Nancy R., for getting us started. All righty. Although we have, uh, we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you've shared in the last couple of days, namely Wednesday or Tuesday, we ask that you step aside and allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope today. So who would like to share on this awesome paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Katie. Reba P. Ian F. Ian. Carolyn S.H. Elena C. Carolyn S.H. Elena. I can take a few more. Lynn S. And you... Uh, Lynn S. Anyone else? All righty. We got a great group. Katie G, Reva P, Ian F, Carolyn S H, Elena C, and Lynn S. All right, Katie, you're up. Please go ahead. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston, Mass. 
and I did suffer from anorexia and exercise bulimia. I'm so excited about this paragraph. So I looked up some words and, you know, the first thing I want to say is you people have made me find my home. I am home. I have come home and I belong no matter what. And I never used to think that I belonged anywhere. I chronically felt like I was somebody else. I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time. And it's saying we are restored, which means to bring back. And we are united, which means we're made into one. Like, and I got this like image, right? That we are united. So if I'm, if we're united, our primary purpose is to help the compulsive eater, anorexic, and bulimic who still suffer. And we're this like, I just imagine, and I'm sorry, guys, this is just so exciting. I just imagine this big row of us welcoming you in. If you are new, welcome, welcome home. We are here for your welfare. We are here for your health, for your happiness. And how do I do that? I'm calling newcomers. I'm helping people in relapse. I'm going through my phone. I'm, you know, and I, and I think of this like house right? We're united and we're wrecked in the same ha- in the same vessel, right? Or I get, I got an image of a, a house because I'm coming home. And what do you do when a house burns, ha- burns? You have to clean up. You need to get down into the basement. You know, like these steps, step four is the basement, you know, of all my character defects. And the most amazing thing is I was suffering from compulsive eating, anorexia, and bulimia. Before I picked up the bite, like so many people share, my first memories of eating, my first memories, my first memories of being in my skin. My problem is not eating. My solution is eating and starving myself and using exercise bulimia to feel safe and secure. And I don't have to do that anymore. You know, I can be a, a, a member of Overeaters Anonymous and the coolest part you can't kick me out. So even if you don't like me, you can't kick me out. <laughs> so that's good news, right? You all, our, our, our long timers, our old timers, our oldies, sorry, um, y'all have raised me. Y'all have raised me in the rooms of OA. Go back and listen. I was crazy when I first joined Vision for You, and I'm still crazy. Y'all know that. But the thing is, I'm united. We are united to help you. And no one is too discredited or has sunk too low. I promise. I promise. I've done it. I've done it all. And we get, to, we get to be united under what? Under God. We do not apologize for God. That's why we're here. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, KG. Okay, from Boston, Mass., we now have Reva P. Please go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love this paragraph. I love the vision that it's uh, setting up for me. And this is such a great reminder that recovery and this life, this new life um, and design for life that I've been given is more than the meetings and making sure I make X number of calls and do the step tens. And it's so easy to get caught up with the little details that there's this higher purpose that it talked about before. Um, And um, I love the same analogy that's written on, you know, the first page of there is a solution. Um, As somebody mentioned, like we've all been in this terrible disaster or shipwreck. Um, So we're bound by this common problem, but not just the common problem. We're also bound by the common solution because we've been restored, restored to sanity 
and now we're united um, under a higher power um, and hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. So my real purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum usefulness to others under God's direction. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do I say? And of course, I don't do that perfectly every day, but to keep my vision on my higher purpose that we are all, myself included, uniquely qualified. And whatever each individual person's skills are um, in recovery, they use their skills. Some people are techie. Some people are out there doing service. Some people do quiet service. You know, everybody has a job. God runs the business like he's a great employer. He knows how to mm -hmm. maximize the potential of every employee. Nothing, nothing is wasted. No human resources are wasted in this fellowship. Um, and I just love this vision. Um, and the things that matter, like getting so stuck on rivalries and quarrels and jealousies like that this is a safe place this is a safe place where the outside world and all its craziness just doesn't come in like it's a whole different set of principles and i also love um no one is too discredited or has sunk too low like it's an equal opportunity disease it's an equal opportunity recovery and equal opportunity for service like really everybody has a job um if I mean business, oh, there's always that if, you know, you got to do the work, got to do the work. Um, and then I get this higher purpose that is not what I came in for. It's really not, but it's such an amazing way to live. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva Peak from Toronto, Canada. All right, Ian F., you're up, followed by Carolyn S.H. Please go ahead, Ian. Hi. I'm Ian F., compulsive overeater out of Louisville, Kentucky. Very grateful to be on the line today. Um, reading this paragraph reminds me that, uh, I mean, in my disease, I almost killed myself, right? Like, that was, that was where I was. I starved myself so severely that I almost died. And then I still ate compulsively three years after that. And when it talks about being wrecked in the same vessel, like, I'm living on borrowed time <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, uh, or I'm living on God's time, whatever God, you know, is, I don't know what God is, um, but I do know that I trust what, whatever that is. Um, and that that's part of the program and that the other people here also trust whatever that is to them. And so, you know, there's really nothing that is more fulfilling or more joyous than, than helping other people get there. Like, that sounds cheesy. <laughs> it sounds corny. You know, it's, um, some people say it sounds culty, but it's true, right? Like, I have experienced something that I really cannot explain. And I want to share that with people, you know, and sometimes going to meetings, it's great, but it doesn't, it doesn't maintain your recovery. You know, making phone calls is great. doesn't maintain your recovery. This is not what step is about. It's not about hitting these check boxes, right? It's about showing up in other people's lives. I'm not here to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm not here to be a preacher. 
I'm not a spiritual guru. I don't claim, uh, you know, I can quote things from the big book, but I'm not a big book expert. You know, what I am is someone who has thoroughly, thoroughly explored the depths of compulsive overeating. And I no longer have a compulsion. But what I can be for, you know, someone who comes in the rooms after years and years of binging for the first time or is returning from relapse or has been recovered for twice as long as I've been alive. <laughs> it really doesn't matter what I can be as a friend. And what I can be is is uh, is a voice on the line or a car ride to a meeting. You know, that's the stuff that I can actually do. Taking fellows to the grocery store if they don't have the money to get absent and food, that's service also. Speaking of meetings, is a service too. Staying on the line with someone who's just trying to get absent so that they Hi. have a voice on the other end. Time, perfect. Uh, I'll pass with that. I love you guys. Pass. Thank you so much, Ian F. from Louisville, Kentucky. All right, Carolyn S.H., you're up, followed by Elena C. Please go ahead, Carolyn. Hello, good morning. This is Carolyn S.H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Social distinctions, petty rivalries, and jealousies. These are laughed out of countenance. I had to look up what that even means, out of countenance. And uh, um, long story short, I think it meant something different in 1935 than it means now. Um, But what it's about, uh, like, it's just confusion, um, something unexpected, uh, like ridiculous. Like, it's just laughed, like, really? Like, this mattered? Something happened this week. I I started a new job and it's in sales and I'm not used to that. Um, And uh, someone who is uh, clearly has more time than me because I'm brand new um, has a a way of uh, behaving that kind of was irking me um, seeing as I've got the personality of an addict. Um, And uh, she it felt it felt very competitive to me, and I was really getting jealous. And I it would talk about petty rivalry. Um, and then the next day, when I was on my way to work, I had a ten step, and I called um, a fellow, and we went through it. And because um, I found myself like dreading going there, um, and uh, it was really helpful just to to do the ten step. And then uh, the person gave me an uh, observation of how I was really um, resenting how she was controlling me and quote, micromanaging me. And I was doing the very same thing to her in my head. I wanted her to behave a certain way, wanted her not to do this and not to do that, like pedal rivalry, right? Um, and jealousy, because she's in a position that I'm not in. Um, and uh, he asked me if I needed to make an amends, and, and we talked about it. By the time I got there, um, I was of such a different head. I was attuned differently, um, attuned to the welfare of others. I was thinking about her and how I could be helpful to her. And I walked in and I apologized for something very specific I had done the day before. And she was laughing. We started laughing together and we started it. Like, I'm going to work today excited that she's going to be there. Like, it's a completely different way of being. Um, And the fact that I have these tools 
um, like this paragraph to me is describing just how different we are in the world. Um, the things that matter to others, um, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. And other people in the, I can tell other colleagues are still in the, you know, competitive thing. Um, and I could be there in seconds and I probably will be again, but I'm going to use my tools and come back to um, being attuned to the welfare of others, being united under one God. Um, and I couldn't have done that by myself. I had oh. that, that, the thank you very much. I'm that fellow to help me get back um, to the principles of this program. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Carolyn S.H. from Massachusetts. Elena C., you're up, followed by Lynn S., and then we're going to take a few more names. Just a friendly reminder to folks who came in a little late, we are on page 161 um, on the second paragraph, reading that paragraph. Okay, go ahead, Elena. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. My name is Elena C. from South Carolina. Uh, I am so privileged to be here, and I have so much joy to share with you. Some of my insights this morning that are not my insights, but truly from my higher power and from this book. So when I read this paragraph <clears throat> with my sponsor, uh, we spoke about uh, this paragraph being about step four to nine and step 12, and then the... Um, the sentence, uh, no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially if he means business, um, it, it's almost like we asking the program sponsees who are new um, and want us to sponsor, we ask, are you willing to go to any length? So let's see how much business you, you, you mean. But anyways, it's a powerful paragraph like other paragraphs in this entire big book like big book in general like you know wow um but i want to talk about the gift of helping others <clears throat> which is the end of the paragraph um with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them how could they and you know this business about helping others and you know i would have never thought how much how much can do for me and for my healing. And, you know, I read with one of my fancy, um, we finished emotional letter um, of Bill W. And it, it, all he talks about there is the ultimate healing is helping others. So once you open up to God's love through the practice and doing of 12 steps of recovery, then what we need to do is just give love and express love to God's children. And by doing that, we solidify the love from God that we can embody. So the continuance of helping others and expressing compassion, love, you know, hope and healing solidifies within us the same thing that we do and i have never 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 thought that way i mean i'm like oh my god it blows my mind and i have a relationship in in my life where it's very dear to me but yeah it kind of hits some blocks 
and you know, and I have a part in it, and I did all my part, and now, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but all I need to do is continue to express my love towards the other person by um, practicing the tools, practicing the steps, you know, um, being cordial, being kind, and and I'm surrendering because the thing is my part was I was trying to do too much, you know, come on, like this is just me, type A personality. I want to fix it. But but then here's what happened as a result of trying to do that. And it's absolutely amazing because I'm in God's hands and God's in charge in charge. And with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elena C from South Carolina. All right, Lynn S, you're up and then we're gonna take a few more names. Go ahead, Lynn. Good morning, Vision. This is Lynn S, compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Where did this paragraph come from? When when did it get in the book? I swear the way it's speaking to me this morning, I've never heard it before. I've never seen it before. But you know, I've never seen it this way. The words aren't stark black and white on the page. But they're on the page with a soft glow behind them. There's a softness here that I that I haven't experienced before in reading the book. And it's it's the message, but, but look how it's said with love, compassion, kindness, patience, tolerance, understanding. That's all right here. It's all right here while delivering the message of hope. And that's the point here for me. It's it's being all those things, but also really behind it is the message of hope. There is recovery from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, from this completely unmanageable life to a life that is so amazing. I I can't believe it. You know, sometimes the message is funny and sometimes the message is stark. But it always has depth and weight. But this is truly magical. This really is. Um, I'm just astounded by how much this is speaking to my heart this morning. And what an incredible... uh, job that's not the right word but what an incredible i can't think of the word what an incredible life god has given me that i'm able to carry this message hopefully to others and to do it in this way it's just amazing and with that i'll pass thank you thank you so much lynn s from toronto canada Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? Jim S. Alex B. Nancy J. from Geneva, Illinois. Nancy J. Barbara D. 
Anyone else? Uh, Jim, Alex, Nancy, Barbara, who else? Kathy S. Kathy. Anyone else? We'd love to hear from you. Joanne P. Joanne P. Okay, we can go with that group and see what, what kind of time we've got left. All right, Jim S., Alec B., Nancy J., Barbara G., Kathy S., Joanne P. All right, Jim, you're up. Please go ahead. Jim S., please go ahead. Are you there, Jim? Press star one to unmute. Sorry about that. Jim, Jim asked Jim? from Toledo, oh, Ohio. I'm learning what this is. Um, and I'm finding out that I have to ask the right questions uh, to get the answers I need. And I'm so thankful that I have a higher power that stands me on my feet again after I stumble and mumble and um, wander about my way. But um, he's given me strength to um, to stand up. So um, I just want to share that the guys I've been working with, um, they're patient with me, but um, they hold me accountable. And I'm learning what it is I need to abstain from. Um, it seemed impossible for me. Uh, the level of abstinence um, just seemed impossible for me. But um, I'm learning um, one day at a time to um, pursue this. And it's worth pursuing. So um, have a good day. Um, and I'll keep coming back. Thanks. Thank you, Jim S. from Toledo, Ohio. Alec B., you're up. Please go ahead. Hello. Good morning. This is Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, life among Alcoholics Anonymous is more than you know, visiting people more than, I mean, that's just so striking to me because that's what I found it to be uh, after months and months and months of trying to make it so small in my life, trying, okay, this is just one thing I do, you know, in the morning secretly or going to these meetings secretly or, or having these phone calls secretly and, and not letting people into this and just trying to make it a small part of my life so I could get recovered and so I could stop eating and so I could just, you know, lose weight or feel better or whatever that was never the way to recovery but because God wanted all of me and he wanted this program to be part of all of me. He wanted more, right? More than, more than. And this program has been so much more than just, uh, you know, eating the right things and, and more than just absence and more than just the meetings and more than just 
the phone calls, and not in the sense of, oh, there's so much more I have to do, but rather, wow, there's so much more that I'm receiving. And it's making me so much more of a person, a full person, an open person, a healing person. Um, and it's inviting me to see my life to have so many more possibilities of service. Even last night, I was talking with uh, a close friend of mine who was struggling and with other, you know, emotional challenges and family challenges and mental challenges. And I was just so, you know, sitting there and thanking God, you know, why me, Lord? Why am I here? Why is he sharing with me all this? And then I chose to share with him about being in program and and just the, the steps and that first step, uh, second step, third step of, of surrender, um, of recognizing that we can't control our lives. And, and for him, I think, to notice, for me to share, and, and it took so long for being willing to share with anybody, but to share with somebody about this program in an act of vulnerability was so clearly a moment of healing. Um, it, it, you know, this this reading reminds me, I, I was talking to uh, a spiritual director who, you know, who actually has also been in program. He's 92 years old and has been in another 12-step program for 45 years. And he's a, 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 a priest. And he told me, Alec, everybody needs the 12 steps. Everybody. And and that because it's this process that's more than just whatever the compulsion is, but rather is giving us a, a fuller life rooted in freedom and rooted in surrender. And so every day, you know, I'm recovered uh, only for today. Um, and yet with God's help, that will continue today and tomorrow and the next day to have a life that is more full and more free and more able to help others um, for, God's, for God's glory and, and, and in love. And so with that, I'm so grateful for all of you. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, and with that, I pass. Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you, Alec. All right, Nancy J. followed by Barbara G. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, this is Nancy J. from Geneva, Illinois. And this beautiful paragraph, it's in this chapter of vision for you. And this paragraph is a beautiful vision of what our life and recovery is like. And it's, there's a theme of altruism throughout the entire book. This idea of doing for others without an expectation of return. And it's a spiritual life. And, and this vision for you is, a picture of our fellowship uh, in a, a beautiful spiritual plane. And, you know, I notice in this paragraph is it talks about being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. And I caught that under one God. And it's such a paradox because we're restored and united under one God, and yet it's God as we understood him. It's God as we understand God, just our own higher power. So we all have our own vision of God, our own spiritual life, and yet we're united under one God because of this altruism and the, the 12 steps that we all live by and how we're all attuned to the welfare of others in this beautiful altruistic world. It's, it's a lovely vision. It's, it's inspiring. It's wonderful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy J. from Geneva, Illinois. Okay, Barbara G., followed by Kathy S. Please go ahead. 
Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Amy. This is Barbara G, compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God today, calling from Paris. And uh, um, it's humbling for me this paragraph uh, this morning. Humbling because uh, I was complaining the other day, not complaining, but I was asking for help the other day because sometimes uh, I feel frustrated when I work with uh, uh, others because I feel like the message is hard to uh, get across. And I was helped to remember how it was hard for me to hear the message at the beginning and how much I, how many ways I can find to make, um, to, to be clear, how many ways I can find to, um, to just speak in a way that the other person can understand. Well, then it's always up to higher power if uh, the message uh, can get through or not, but that's not my business. My business is uh, to get close to God as much as I can in order for him to operate the change in me that is necessary. Because this paragraph that describes the lifestyle which uh, really uh, is uh, alien to the Barbara that came into the ruins um, when I arrived to a vision for you, and also in a way. Uh, it's an alien type of behavior because uh, I did not have any space to think about others. And today, it's uh, I get surprised. I feel extreme joy when I feel that uh, the people I work with in the program, whether their sponsees or simple fellows I do service with, I feel extreme joy when I feel in my heart and in an, a, a heartfelt and genuine interest for the other person. This is something that brings me great joy. And the other part of this paragraph that I really like and that really resonates with me is the part that it says that petty rivalries and jealousy are things that uh, we really don't pay attention to. And that is something that I have experienced, and I laugh at my, I mean, I, 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 I smile because I feel like I would have never thought that it could be possible to live with a, with a genuine sense of a, a proper dimension uh, on things. I always, I, I, this is for me, is to have an outlook on life that is uh, appropriate. And I'll pass just by saying that I'm very grateful. And I'll thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Barbara G. from it Paris, Paris, Italy. Okay, Kathy S., you're up, followed by Joanne P. France. I'm Thanks, sorry. Amy. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. And um, yeah, what really stands out for me in this paragraph is is the idea that we are normally people that would not mix, and um, and the fact so this this program and even recovery in general is so much more than working the steps. It is coming together, uh, united under one God, and restored. 
and it just feels like it, it brings to my mind like the image of a, of a whole new world, a world of love. And love changes things. And I always wanted it. I always tried to pretend that, you know, I could do it or, or had it, but, but I didn't. And, and I learned about love when I first came into this program because I hated myself. And I first needed to see that I was, I was lovable. I was worthy of love and approval. And my sponsor was so giving in that area. And, um, you know, she loved me and others in this program have loved me when I couldn't. And today, you know, I do things out of, uh, as other people have shared too with their struggles, like with exercise, it was all about pain and punishment and fear and trying to force myself to be something different because I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin. And today I do things that are nurturing and loving and I and caring for, for myself but then, and then I'm not harping on myself all the time, like expecting other people to be compassionate with me and to to be more for me than than they really can or should. And um, you know, I used to always get my value. One of the biggest things I learned in here is getting my sense of value from the behavior of other people. And and today, learning that other people have their own struggles too. It's not all about me. And uh, and just allowing them to have their own experiences and coming alongside them in a place of love and patience and compassion. And uh, it's just, it's a whole new way of being. And I do feel restored. I feel united because any other big thing is I'm not doing this alone. Any struggle that I have, you know, running it through the 10th step and sharing it with other fellows and and I feel like this is one big me too movement in it because everybody, you know, they share their experience and we relate to one another. We, we have suffered, we've endured uh, a tragedy, you know, this compulsive reading steals everything. And, and yet we've been restored. We keep the outside issues out. That was another thing that, that brings about the unity is, is, you know, the counseling of the traditions. You know, we're in a phone meeting and I have no idea what anybody looks like or what their social status is. And so, you know, we're free to get along without any of those petty things. And, and I feel like this is the real intention of God's world anyway. And um, and I just thank you all for being a part of my world. Right. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kathy S. from Georgia. All right, Joanne P., please go ahead, and then we'll have time for maybe one or two, probably one. Go ahead, Joanne. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. So grateful to be here, and um, so grateful for all the shares this morning and for all of you in our program, and oh, my Lord, this paragraph about life among Alcoholics Anonymous, wow, how my life has changed. And um, I think the thing that really jumped out to me was being wrecked in the same vessel. Yeah, we're all, yeah, we're all wrecked, right? We all came in here shipwrecked or whatever you want to call it. And then being restored and united under one God is just the gift of our program. And, um, yeah, my life has changed so much, my capacity to grow and to continue to change. 
and to um, just learn to love everyone as God's children, to be willing to be honest and um, reach out and ask for help when we need it. There's so much hope in our program, and there's so much um, change, really, as we work through these steps and being restored. I just love that those words because um, by the grace of God, right, we are restored. We um, we do comprehend love and um, just continue to see, you know, and working with others and helping others and really not knowing how to help others except to follow the steps and to practice these principles in all our daily affairs and to just um, give, give of ourselves and give love because, yeah, recovery is a process and for all of us, it's a change and helps change our perspective. And that's what they talk about here, you know, and how we look at things now compared to how we did before. It's just such a gift from God and um, from all of you. So I just thank you so much for your service and for your shares and for your love. And I'm just full of gratitude. This With Thanksgiving coming up, I'm just thinking, wow, I have so much to be thankful for this year. So that I pass. Thank you so much, Joanne P. Okay, so we have time for a two-minute share. Who would like to take that? Michelle Maria M. P. from Maryland. Toby K. Michelle M. Are y'all from Maryland. Got one for one. Yeah, yeah Michelle, I got gotcha. you from Maryland. Thank go you. ahead, Michelle. I hope everyone else can share in the second hour. But please go ahead, Michelle. You've got a little less than two minutes. Thank you. I was thinking about what all unites us, and that is our heavenly power, our higher power, HP. And um, a long time ago, there was a flood, and the whole world was destroyed by the flood, except for one man named Noah and his family. And he saved his family in a boat. And after it, the flood was uh, dispersed, he um, and the land was visible again, he planted a vineyard. And in that vineyard was were vines. And he uh, he made wine, and he got drunk. So he was really the first drunkard. And that was all of our common ancestor. And here we are in the, I guess, the 22nd, 2nd, 21st century, that descendant of his, his Bill W., was responsible for finding the cure for that. Uh, he made that improvement in the world by finding the solution to uh, what our common ancestor uh, did with that wine. So I'm grateful to Bill W., and I'm grateful to be recovered and I'm grateful that we share a common higher power and uh, that we should all stay united and help each other and uh, stay sober and abstinent and do acts of kindness with each other. And with that, I pass. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Michelle M. from Maryland. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared and to Team Thursday for your service. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. 
uh, and some announcements and whatnot. Okay, so the share ID for today's meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Vision for You, is 20,779. That's 20779. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Martha Z, could you please read a vision for you for us? Good morning, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm Martha Z, compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.